the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. Pico Projectors. With your host, George Tucker. And welcome to AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. I'm your host, George Tucker, and today we're going to talk about Pico projectors. Yeah, Pico projectors, those little tiny, tiny projectors. Not the road warrior stuff, but the really tiny, tiny stuff. The ones that sit piggyback on cell phones and all the rest. So Pico projectors were once the dream of futurists and maybe the tool of the oversharing types. But now we've begun to see them take some residency in very creative corners, and some other really cool stuff that's coming up, which we'll discuss in the show. So what does the future of Pico projectors hold? And will they ever replace the monsters in home theaters and boardrooms? Well, to answer that question today, we're going to be joined by a few very special guests. Joining me today is Jeff Gooch. He is the editor at projectionfreak.com. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. Also joining us are Richard and Paul Margansky. They are the web. De- uh, Richard is the web developer and co-founder of PicoPros.com, and Paul is the co-founder and contributor. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey guys, how you doing? How you doing? All right, and also joining us is my co-founder and associate, and left hand Tim Albright. Tim. Hello. Hello. Hi Tim. All right, gentlemen. So this is something that I've been very intrigued by, not just because there was a couple of nifty little ads around. CES and all the other little electronics uh, uh, shows, but there's been some real development here. But I think a lot of people have a misconception as to what Pico projectors are. So, Richard, I'm going to start with you. Is Pico projector the right word? And, and what really are Pico projectors? What is it? The Road Warrior case that can fit above my uh, above my seat in an airplane, or is it something different? Uh, well, uh, I'd say a Pico projector is probably just uh, imagine a overhead projector in the office and, and basically miniaturize it into something that would uh, be able to fit in your hand or travel with you. And rather than being powered by, you know, like a cable to the wall, uh, imagine it, uh, you know, like with a battery. So it's very mobile. It's a very mobile projector and uh, it's, you know, small, handheld, generally battery powered. Yeah, I, this is Paul. I, I have a big beef with the the terminology Pico projector. Um, people really misuse that terminology. I, I've seen units as large as let's say, you know, twelve inches by twelve inches. You know, you're talking a few pounds, and they call that a Pico projector. And so, I, I think there's a lot of miscon- uh, misconception around the term Pico projector. Uh, and if I had to define it, I would say it's a battery powered unit that fits in your hand, sort of the size of a cell phone or smaller. But that's that's my own take on yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we have a we have a definition of how big. Now, is there a definition and limit as to the brightness or the uh, the so so the lumens or, or the picture resolution they can do, or is that just a feature of what's to come? Yeah. When right now, it's just a limitation of the electronics. It's yeah, it's a limitation of the technology. I mean, Pico projectors started to emerge around two thousand six. Let's say really. Mm-hmm. And since then, you, you know, you've, you're talking 
half VGA originally, and, and today you're starting to see some that are approaching 720p. Mm. And uh, you'll you'll start to see some you know 1080p within the next year or so. So it's really come a long way in terms of resolution and brightness and battery power. Yeah. Well, and talk to me about battery power. I mean, these aren't running off of just double A's from the store, are they? Uh, lithium ion. Yeah, most of them are lithium ion. Lithium iron. Um, yep. Uh, some some are built in. Um, so you do you know like your cell phone, like an iPhone uh, battery. It's built in. You can't take it out. It's not replaceable. So uh, some Pico projectors have a battery that's built in like that. So you recharge it, you know, uh, in that way. And then you have re uh, replaceable batteries also. Um, I don't think any Certainly batteries not take double, double A's, A's or triple A's. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but it's it's yeah, mainly like a cell phone battery, I would say. Yeah. I would compare it to a cell phone battery. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that makes sense. So it's rechargeable. It has its own little charging uh, wart or something of that nature. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so... Talk to me a little bit about the technology before we get into some of the really cool features we can do and some of the future stuff. Uh, what's the brightest I can get right now? For for a battery powered one, you're talking 80 to 100 lumens, okay. which doesn't it doesn't sound like much, as far as a you know when you're comparing them to 3,000, 5,000 lumen uh, conference room projectors. But given the fact that brightness is roughly logarithmic you know 80 to 100 lumens you can actually do a lot of stuff with that in moderate lighting you'd be surprised uh, now jeff you yeah. cover the world of projectors yeah and you cover almost everything from the media server ma uh, projection mapping geometry stuff to sure. the newest and greatest robo headed stuff sure um where do these lie within that world of projection that you cover which i believe is mostly live events yeah, I you know I deal with with mainly uh, a lot of the larger stuff, and and Pico projectors are are a pretty new thing to me. But um, I, there there are some pretty creative uses for them coming out, and you know mainly in the fine art um, display category that I that I've seen. Uh, I guess in addition to what the business stuff, um, you know, for the stuff that I I think I'm more interested in for Pico projectors is more. Um, I guess more the technology of using it in something other than a projector, like maybe for like heads up displays or um, uh, like, oh, or we're getting towards like Google glass type of thing where it's, you know, where they're, uh, or, or, uh, Oh, what, what are the, what's the, the goggles that are really hot right now? There's a, um, uh, there's a set of VR goggles that's coming out this next year. That's supposed to be real hot. Uh, and those may not be projection. Telepathy one. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it'll oh, come okay. to me. But uh, it, so those aren't, projectors per se but i could see that technology being used for something like that or off the back of your phone for a heads up in your car or you know at work or something uh that that's kind of that's kind of long where i, I at least i can see them being right now i mean i can't i've never really used one so <laughs> uh i'd i'd love to i think uh they they sound fascinating to me it's just i the lumen thing i guess always turned me off um until until it, you actually you just brought it up. I mean, if it were a proximity thing, if it's you know one foot away from me, it, it, that's that's pretty bright, uh, well, I, you know, for display board size. And that Richard, that, that that brings up a question for me. Then we we talked to you know eighty to one hundred lumens, which isn't fantastic. But if we're looking at these almost as, and bear with me here, a second screen alternative. And by second screen, of course, I mean the tablets and the cell phones and those kind of things. 
um, what big, what size image can I get with a 720p resolution at that say maximum, let's say 90 lumens? Yeah. Uh, some of the projectors that I think we've reviewed on the site are, uh, you get like an 80 inch image, if that's correct. Uh, In moderate you know, lighting, uh, you know, maybe five feet. Yeah. Diagonal. Yeah. Five feet, 80 inches or 60 inches diagonal. Um, so that's the kind of image that you would expect from a peak projector without really, you know, um, losing any of the brightness um, or anything like that. So, okay. yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to compete it, it, with it, a, a five, you know, a 60 inch LED TV in terms of perceived brightness. Um, unless you have the lights off, you know what I mean. Sure, yeah, sure. And I, again, I, my comparison to a second screen. Again, the tablets and the and the smartphones. Uh, Jeff mentioned it being maybe uh, you know for heads up or VR type devices. Um, you know, basically, I guess reflecting off of some kind of screen that we're going to look at. Um, is there something in the in the horizon that will increase that brightness? Uh, I know uh, Tim has mentioned to me uh, on several occasions about uh, l l light tech or laser LED combinations. Yeah, I mean uh, the, the technology can you know is continuously improving. LEDs are becoming more and more efficient uh, pretty much every day, uh, and laser diodes as well. Um, Specific to the laser diodes, the, the green laser diode has been the big uh, hurdle as far as uh, for laser projection. Laser, uh, the green laser diode uh, literally has just come into full production sometime last year. And even that, the price is really high. So the, the performance and price are rapidly uh, improving. Uh, but we're, we're just starting to see the green laser diode take effect there. But uh, it's all about the efficiency and uh, cost for these things. And right now, LEDs are f more efficient and more cost effective. But ultimately, according to many people, the laser uh, approach would be the most efficient uh, in, in the future. So maybe five years from now, they'll be, you know, very price competitive and more efficient. Is that what you're looking for when it comes to the, the lighting technology? Because obviously, uh, they're Pico, so, so putting a, a big fat L LCD is not going to work. Um, but is it is it nowadays just LED versus laser, and which one do you think is going to give you the biggest uh, the biggest bang for your for your lumens? Right. So I mean, currently, uh, yeah, the LEDs went out because currently they're much lower cost, um, and again, as in terms of efficiency, uh, they're leading right now. It's just this it's a chicken or egg kind of thing. Uh, certain technologies are, are more like laser beam scanning. I mean. It, by definition, they're using lasers. So that technology is more or less waiting for low cost green lasers. So their adoption has been pretty small to date. Um, but if the price comes down for that green laser diode, for example, over the next couple of years, adoption could really accelerate uh, for laser beam scanning or any of the other uh, competing technologies that could use lasers like uh, DLP or LCOS, liquid crystal and silicon. And here's my question about some of that then. Uh, Tim works in the education world uh, for higher education for, for like colleges. Uh, I work in staging, but I did work in the install world. Can, are we currently seeing the road warrior uh, salesmen using Pico projectors at this point, or are they still too niche for them to grab? I mean, I would think this would be a natural thing for them to go, oh, man, it fits in my suit pocket. Just get and go. 
I don't think we'll see that until we see embedded Pico projectors where you, I don't know, I, th I think when you buy a cell phone and it has a projector in it, make it a little bit more convenient to share content. Okay, and then that makes that makes sense. So, well, let's talk about that. You said it's not an embedded product. So right now we have projectors that are. Um, yeah, made. you need to connect them external, and yeah. Well, 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 let's start there. Who's making these Pico projectors? I mean, it's not something that I see every day. So, what is it? I don't want to give you, you know, make favoritism, but what are the, some of the top brands that when I'm looking for it, would I find them at Best Buy? Would I'm going to find them at B and H? There, there are some that go there. I mean, the, the top brands, I'll, I'll list them off. AXA Technologies makes uh, a line of Pico projectors mainly based on LCOSP, although they do have some DLP units. Optima is almost exclusively DLP. Um, uh, just to be fair, laser, laser beam scanning, you have Microvision that had a product. They, they've they uh, sort of disbanded that product, and they're looking to embed in other OEM products. So that's laser beam scanning. Um, and then you have just OEMs like Samsung and whatnot that are embedding DLP into even into phones like the uh, Galaxy Beam phone. Um, so, I mean, there's a wide range of uh, OEMs using the technology. So, yeah, it's interesting. You, um, go ahead. There was the uh, the uh, there was a, a model of Nikon, I believe, that had a, a small projector mounted into it. Wasn't it for a camera? Didn't they have a? I know I Sony they... has a camcorder with a uh, projector in it. Yeah. Now, That's is true. the purpose for that to replace, say, the TV when you in the old the old uh, what '90s commercials take it and then plug it right into the AV port of your TV and watch it? Is that what it's meant to replace? Yeah, it's exactly yeah. Yeah, immediate sharing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very much. And see, that's one of the things, you know, that's one of the things that I, just is a little bit irksome to me about Pico projectors is when I mentioned in the, in the header, the oversharing. Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog post about my experiences in the AV professional world, the staging world, of testing the new single gun projectors that were coming out in the 90s. Uh, and a long story short, it came down to what does it look like flesh tones? What's the biggest image we can get? And it was put up on the wall of uh, the UPS building. And flesh tones, you can use your imagination, which adults would find. <laughs> and that's my little, you know, you say embedded in the cell phones. That's my worry about the social context of these things. Just like Nextel caused problems for a while until everyone got bored with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it can be obnoxious. I could definitely see people oversharing or, you're, you know, you're on the subway or whatever and you're watching somebody else's kid's birthday party or something. Absolutely. Sometimes the prankers doing inappropriate things. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. And to the end, sorry for those listening, yes, all of us concerned got in a lot of trouble. We were still employed, but it was a long time before we were left alone in a room with a projector. I'll tell you that. Um, now, Jeff... You posted some time ago, and I think this actually was the genesis of wanting to talk about Pico projectors. Uh, something called uh, what was it? Uh, the speed of the the tiniest police chase? Yeah, yeah. You guys all familiar with this from I said, the, the Theory UK? Y yeah, there was yes. a uh, I I forget the actual uh, the the original poster of the stuff, but they were using a, a Pico projector, and they were they were uh, coming up with content of um, little tiny car chases. And uh, little action sequences as um, sort of like a stop action film and shooting it all over their desk and, you know, having the car and, the, you know, the crooked, you know, the bank robber and stuff jumping off their desk and sort of doing these, you know, miniature image things. Uh, and there's another uh, there's another group uh, out of the UK called um, the Ice Book. It's uh, uh, Kristen and Davey McGuire. They do these uh, fantastic 
small sort of um, dioramas where they carve these really intricate uh, set pieces out of paper and, and then shoot very small imagery onto them. Uh, so in that case, I mean, a Pico projector, uh, it's ideal. It's perfect for that, that size, you know, for almost like a museum display type thing or even, you know, small advertising. Uh, or I, I could see it even being used for like storefront stuff uh, in window glass, you know, kind of kind of the old, um, oh, you know, when you're walking down the street during Christmas time, the, the sort of animatronic dioramas that they used to run. Uh, I could see it being used creatively for that pretty well. Um, but yeah, that the police chase thing was one. Uh, Dave, Davey and Kristen McGuire's stuff is is out there as well. That's that's uh, they almost use exclusively smaller projectors, and I, I don't know if they used a, a Pico projector or perhaps just a small uh, business gun. Um, certainly, those can get small enough, but uh, I don't know that they're on the level of Pico per se. <laughs> Yeah, I just found it. It's on, uh, I always say this wrong, uh, Vimeo, Vi, Vi, uh, Vimeo. 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 <laughs> I always say it wrong for some reason. Vimeo, it's called The Speed yeah. of Light uh, by The Theory. Everyone listening should go and we'll, we'll put a link on the show site for this, but it's really yeah. incredible. And what that made me think of was guerrilla marketing yeah. or very niche marketing where you're expected to find it just around the corner or something that uh, you weren't expecting would suddenly call out to you. Because uh, you wouldn't see the projector, it wouldn't be overhead, you wouldn't expect it. Uh, and this sure. seems to me have a lot of potential for, say, doing even very intricate touchscreen. You know, there's now uh, overlays to glass that you can do touchscreens through a store window. That there was a, there was a. Sorry to break in. There was, yeah. a, there was a group that uh, that did a, a whole marketing campaign where they mounted Pico projectors in um, on the handles of umbrellas, and they shot straight up onto the inside of the umbrella. Right. And uh, and they were and they were they were advertising. You know, it was obviously branded stuff, and they were shooting. You know, a company's logo on these white umbrellas, and they would have these outdoor things at night where you know people were parading around in the street with you know thousands of these umbrellas, <laughs> where you know for you know a couple hundred bucks you could stick it in somebody's hand, and they were you know immediately advertising your logo, and it was clearly visible and very and, you know it done in a pretty cool way, uh, at least you know for corporate parties and stuff. As far as that can be cool. Uh, but <laughs> I, it, it seemed like a pretty creative way uh, of using it to me. Uh, Richard? Yeah. So what I'm thinking about is there is, in the professional staging world, ways of using media servers to cluster and synchronize these projectors so that we can do these larger images or more expansive images. Are we at a state where that is actually able to happen with these Pico projectors? Is it simply just an interface, or is there something more to it? That's a good question. <laughs> not sure, <laughs> to be honest with you. We're, we're, not, we're not AV okay. professionals. I, I mean, they, they all have digital signals, so I'm assuming you could you know, use them like you would any other large format projection. Um, but we're not aware that people are doing that. I, I, I assume you probably could. It's not our forte, I guess. It'd be it'd be interesting to see if somebody could use like a multi grid, uh, uh, some sort of multi array of Pico projectors to do something with. But there okay. there are other tools that you could do that with so much more efficiently. Right. Uh, I mean, it's not that not that it wouldn't be a cool idea. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's something out there. <laughs> I can't remember where I read about this, but it's something called Connect TRX or Connect RX. Uh, Connectrix. Uh, yeah, actually, this is a brand new. Um, <clears throat> So this isn't for what you were talking about with projection okay. meshing or whatever, but uh, this is a 
brand new technology, uh, Kinetrix. Uh, it basically utilizes a high bandwidth, a high throughput band, uh, excuse me, high bandwidth uh, frequency. It, I don't know if it's 50 or 60 gigahertz. So it's able to wirelessly stream content from your mobile device to say a Pico projector or regular projector or whatever that has the technology either built into it or connected to it. So you could theoretically, or not theoretically, you can stream full 1080p content from say a tablet over to a, a, a TV or a projector that you have mounted somewhere and you can mirror anything on your tablet. Like um, say you're watching a movie or surfing the internet or Facebook or whatever. So it uh, eliminates a lot of the clutter with the cables and stuff. And uh, you can actually have multiple people, or I'm sorry, multiple devices that you're spreading that information to. So you could have a TV and a projector and something else all seeing the same content at the same time from one device. Oh, very interesting. So you can do a distributed signal. Yes. From these. Well, that would still have use in some of the, the, the digital signage and, and staging yeah. worlds. Especially Absolutely. I could see, say, a red carpet entranceway thing. <laughs> sure. Where you could do that. Uh, yeah. Tim, Richard and Paul's uh, description made me think about an education use, and I want to bounce this off of you. Maybe mm -hmm. for um, instead of the monitors for class information or the schedules, could these viably be a replacement for that stuff? They're small. They're compact. I'm sure they use very little energy if they're, not, if they're just electric. Oh, absolutely they could. And, and the, the nice thing about them is the fact that they are so small. Um, you can put them in places you can't put displays, right? I mean, as long as you have some sort of flat surface or a surface that you can shoot them on, um, it, it's not a big deal. The, the way you get into an issue is um, either, you know, administration or consultants or even AV professionals who uh, insist on, you know, if it's, a, if it's a projection image, then you have to shoot it on a screen. And there is absolute validity to that, and, and nine times out of ten, I would agree with them. But when you're talking about a Pico, I, I get the sense that that most of these are not always shot on a you know on a daylight or a Draper screen or or a Stewart's uh, Stewart film screen, and so they're shot wherever you can get the a, a flat image. Um, you put that in an education place, and yeah, you have emergency notification or just general you know wayfinder or information signage anywhere you want. Now, what would be some of the down uh, the the drawbacks? though? what would you be looking for that might not be there yet? Lumens, honestly, because you, okay. you uh, the, both the the the, the, the uh, Margancy guys have mentioned the fact that in ideal locations, you know, in ideal situations, you're talking about eighty, ninety, a hundred lumens. Uh, you, you're talking about a commons area in a, at a at an educational facility. Uh, there are lots of windows. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just kind of what, <laughs> what you the environment that architects like to produce, right? You A common area is a place that has lots of sunlight, a place where it, that it's inviting for people to sit down and, and enjoy. And this is one of the most popular places where you're going to have information yeah. screens. Well, if, if that's the case, then you're going to have to have, you know, anywhere <laughs> between three and 5,000 lumens to begin. And, and, and some guys will, will tell you you need 10. Uh, and so that's the only drawback to to using a Pico in that in that situation. I wonder though, given its small size, whether we could actually create very tiny rear projections, almost diorama size yep. boxes that may not, you know, be, okay, you take up the same real estate as some of the old panels, but you're going to get a far more dramatic uh, ability to distribute the signal and catch people's attention. And it wouldn't be as big even, you know, there'd be these tiny little things. And I'm sure you could cut up and get certain screen manufacturers to make rear projection screens in that size. 
maybe the cost is there. Yeah, maybe yes. it is. Now, and here's the other question I have is that what, what are the connectors on the backs of most of these? I mean, are we talking micro USB or are we talking yeah, MDP? HDMI. Yeah, um, most of the Pico projectors have actually an array of uh, connectors. Um, most of them support composite video. Uh, most of them now, finally in the last year, are supporting a, a mini HDMI or micro, you know. Yeah. Um, sort of your standard things, VGA, they'll have special cable adapters. So they support most of the main uh, interfaces. So for VGA, like for the for Tim, for education, which holds on to VGA for dear life. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and hey, look, I work in the state, DVI, DVID is, is big. We're talking about a dongle, right? So there's a support issue there when we're talking about connecting and then converting the signal. Yeah, it's a, it's a special cable. It yeah. doesn't have the VGA connector built into it per se. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys. Uh, you you mentioned the the digital part. It, does does the circuitry allow? And and because it's Pico, I always think this way. Yeah. Uh, can they can they can they support the content protection that's required uh, for HDCP? The the new digital ones. Good question. Good question. <laughs> um, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I have to defer on that one. That's all right. <laughs> well, I guess the question is, has anyone ever hooked one up to, say, a Blu-ray? Yeah. Well, if it has HDMI, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. I suppose, yeah, it would carry across if it was HDMI at least 1.3. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, we'll... if you have a HDMI connection, uh, yeah, a lot of these newer Pico projectors can accept a uh, micro or mini HDMI. So, so yeah, I mean, HDMI, but, um, and some of the new ones are actually doing 3D now, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, HDMI uh, is kind of the newer thing that they're they're all doing. So, see, three D capable. I haven't heard of those yet. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah, the PK. Yeah, they're really starting the to adopt Ace. the three D ready. Yeah, a lot of the Optima ones. Huh. As long as it as long as it allows me to to wipe out the whole back of seat displays on airplanes, I'm I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> if I can shoot it onto the tray table, I'm so there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, but but given that, I mean, you're talking throw ratio. So how big of an image can you create when you're sitting, yeah, you know, perfect. a foot and a half from the seat in front of you? You know what I mean? So that that's the other problem. And see, that's that's the first time I saw a Pico projector was not on a plane, but was talking to an engineer at, D, at DLP at Texas Instruments. Oh, Good Lord, this was 2007, 2008 Infocom. Yeah. And that's what he said he did. He played cars on the back of uh, on the back of his tray table <laughs> flying out to Infocom that year. Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess well, you know, just like say the uh, iPad and iPhone, there was a plethora of Geffen products that added features to these things, from wireless for the radio to other other features. I wonder if we'll start seeing say mirror rigs for the Pico projectors, <laughs> so that you can do a short throw. I just got this great idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll be I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. He just made a million dollars. <laughs> hey, look, we only want 10% in perpetuity. That's all we need. You got it. No strings, I swear. <laughs> not unless, it's not like this is recorded or anything. So, <laughs> so uh, Richard and Paul, you guys at Pico, PicoPros.com do more than just talk about what's out there, although that's a really great feature. Is when, I was still, when I was first looking for this, Jeff forwarded me and said, oh, you've got to check out this guy's website. There are reviews, there's stuff that's coming up, there is add-ons. What is the future in the next four years for Pico projectors, do we think? We know that they're going to push lumens, we know they're going to push resolution and size, but what's the next thing that we're looking for to help push this technology over the edge? 
Um, me, I would say getting them embedded into tablets and smartphones. Mm. Right now, having to carry around two devices. I mean, people already carry around two cell phones in some cases or a tablet and a cell phone. Nobody wants to carry around a third device that they might use twice a week. So I think getting it embedded into even just tablets and laptops initially for the next year or so um, would would make a big difference. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, in addition to getting them brighter and more efficient and higher resolution, I think getting them embedded into some host devices uh, is going to make a big uh, a big difference in the adoption rate. I think. Right. Um, imagine the Pico projector, the next uh, camera inside a cell phone, where you have a you know, you have it, where you, every cell phone has a camera now. Imagine a world where you know uh, now in, you know you'll be able to take a camera picture and you'll be able to share it with the projector. So uh, embedding the projectors inside mobile devices like a tablet or a cell phone is is really big, especially for carriers selling. You know, uh, sharing the mobile content. You know, right. Google Play videos, iTunes videos. Interesting. Now, what about? Automotive. Uh, Jeff mentioned the heads-up displays. Oh, yeah. And a couple of episodes back of one of the shows we do called AV Week, we talked about Mercedes-Benz having projectors in the headlights. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about this kind of stuff going on? I, I, I've, yes, yes. Yeah, they're doing some crazy stuff. with, And I, I know Ford, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chevy. Chevrolet has uh, a lot of patents on multiple projectors, projecting all kinds of content that you can interact with on your windshield. So it's, they call it infotainment, where you, you're able to interact with your windshield, not just read information, but actually, you know, touch it and swipe it and all kinds of things. So there, yeah, I mean, all the uh, car manufacturers are, are interested. They seem to be interested in the technology. It's just about, my guess is, it's all about cost and size at this point. Sure. And, and let's talk about that. What is the cost of, say, a mid-range Pico projector these days? Mid-range. Okay. Mm -hmm. so well, give me a range. Where okay. Are we, so we the cheapest Pico projectors can be found for a little over $100, let's say. Okay. But they're very low res, very low lumen. I mean, you're talking 10, 15 lumens and, you know, VGA resolution or something. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just battery-powered Pico projectors, the top end is maybe three to $400. And those, again, are maybe 100 lumens, uh, WVGA, or maybe something slightly higher than that. Um, I think a lot's going to change in the next year. There's a few companies touting their capability to do 720p or maybe even 1080p. Mm -hmm. uh, Compound Photonics is actually touting a 1080p light engine um, that they're looking to commercialize in the 2013 uh, this year or early next year, it sounds like, from what I'm reading. And I've actually had conversations with the company. So um, it sounds like 1080p is not too far away. Interesting. And and, the, and that higher end range again? I'm sorry, I was... Uh, higher end range was probably three to $400, depending yeah. on features. Okay, so that's where it tops off. And, and purchasing these, is it still through spe uh, specialty vendors, or can I buy them at, say, Best Buy or B&H or... M mostly through the websites or Amazon, that kind of thing. The, uh, some of them, uh, let's say, um, uh, what's the name of that store? Oh, geez. Drawing a blank here. Okay. But something like, oh, Brookstone. Brookstone okay. has an yeah. HD projector that they have. Uh, it, it's hit or miss. There's some, but not a whole lot in stores. Even Walmart has one or two here and there, at least via their website. But uh, yeah, they're really not 
fully adopted at this point at all. And that would be the interesting question. Jeff, do you know if anybody at, say, Cedia or Infocom is showing any of the Pico projectors at this point? Have you seen any kind of stuff? No. I mean, to be yeah. honest with you, I, I, I personally haven't seen it. I mean, they're, I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> I just, I, I haven't, I haven't personally seen any of them. Huh. Uh, got, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just, gonna, I was actually going to ask a question to, to all three of you, and, and I guess we'll start with you, Jeff. Um, uh -huh. When it comes to Pico projectors, what are, I don't know, two or three ultimate, this is what the Pico projector is made for, right? This is what the ultimate use case is. I think I think ultimately it's it's uh, going to be consumer uh, media sharing, I, I, and and maybe business presentation. I, I would add I, mobile gaming as well. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mobile gaming. I can see that for sure. Multiplayer gaming, especially if you get into um, being able to mesh different. You know, if you have multiple people, Pico projectors, if they have proximity sensors and they're able yeah. to mesh their yeah. their images together, which is definitely doable depending on the technology. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, the new I think some of the new uh, the oh what's the Disney um, the new Disney characters that they're coming out with the the little virtual characters that you can put on to uh, uh, they're they're little character things that you can put on uh, shoot I forget what that is but there it's some kind of it's a tie in with their little uh, actual um, models of the of the cartoon characters from the from the movies. And they stick them on a on a little virtual pad, and that becomes your your next world. Um, yeah. I could see that being part of the mobile gaming thing, pretty big. Hmm. Yeah, actually, speaking of Disney, they had I forget the name of the project. Uh, Disney has the Disney Research, and they do a lot of stuff with Pico projectors. They showed a thing where uh, two different people with two different Pico projectors with these characters, like you're saying, and I can project my character, and you project yours, and they yeah. can interact with each other, whether it's a game or you're fighting or whatever the thing is, but. The point is that the two different Pico projectors can interact with each other. Yeah. So definitely for mobile gaming and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. I could see that with Kinect and some of the sensors they put on projectors oh, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago to know exactly where that pointer is, and you'd be able to do a, a, a sword battle and actually connect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very interesting. Well, gentlemen, this has been a very informative 30 minutes. I want to thank our guests on this special AV Nation podcast about Pico projectors. Joining me today was Jeff Gooch. Jeff, where can people find you? Uh, social web? Uh, I'm on Google Plus uh, at uh, projectionfreak.com. Uh, you can get all your information for me from there. Very cool. And Richard Margansky, yes. they are, and Paul, they are from picopros.com. Where else can they pay people find you? Cool. We can find us all over the place. Yeah, so we're on Twitter. At uh, PicoPros, uh, Facebook.com yep. slash PicoPros, YouTube.com slash PicoPros. A lot of videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter is basically, you know, those are the big ones. Yep. Very cool. And also, of course, joining me is my compañero, Mr. Tim Albright. Thank you so much, Tim. What'd you call me? The compañero. It's the New York Yankees baseball thing. You'll, uh, I'll send you a tape. You'll get it. I'm a Cardinals fan, dude. I have to tell them everything. You know, someday. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for this half thank hour. You. Thank you for listening. This has been an AV Nation special. Thank you for listening. Talk to you.